0: Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 86 The Tongue of Angels. Here we go. Today we're going to cover the last two chapters of Nephi, of 2nd Nephi. Today we're going to say goodbye (laughs) to our friend Nephi that we have spent 80, this is the 86th episode, spending time pondering his words and placing ourselves in his shoes and being tutored by this son of God who was so valiant and diligent who exercised such great faith in his Savior that he became a witness of Jesus Christ. So it is fitting that as I read and I thought about these last words of Nephi, that he inspired my New Year's resolution. So let me set the scene for you. After Nephi's last teachings about the doctrine of Christ— having faith in Christ, repenting, being baptized by water, which is entering the gate, and then receiving the Holy Ghost, the people questioned, What are we supposed to do next? Once I'm baptized, what should I then do? You may have had similar questions. Nephi's answer is, You can speak with the tongue of angels. Stop for a second. Some of you may have been recently baptized and welcome. It is wonderful that your baptism day is so fresh in your mind that perhaps you can still remember life before or the difference between life before baptism and then life after. And for others of us, our baptism day was a long time ago. And Nephi is telling me that I have had the opportunity or the ability to speak with the tongue of angels. And what does speaking with the tongue of angels mean? And I think that is a valid question because it sounds amazing. Don't you think? And I know for sure that I have been living below my privileges on this one. In chapter 31 of 2 Nephi, Nephi said that once we have been baptized by fire and by the Holy Ghost, meaning once we have been purified of our sins and have received the Holy Ghost, we can then speak with this new tongue. With this new tongue, we can shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. I love the order of our worship services that truthfully I have taken for granted. The first thing that we do when we come to worship is we prepare to partake of the sacrament, to renew the covenants that we made with God, to be cleansed of our sins and to be renewed. No testimony is born. No talk is given until we all have participated in this ordinance. And then, then we are prepared to speak with the tongue of angels. Often throughout my preparation for this podcast, the Spirit has whispered that you and I are equipped with more power than we comprehend, and this is for sure one of those moments. Knowing that receiving the Holy Ghost and then approaching the sacramental altar each holy Sabbath day can qualify me, that isn't even strong enough. That's not a strong enough word. It entitles me to speak with a new tongue, and to shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. That is glorious. And it is an honor that I didn't realize that I possessed. I did, but yet I didn't. You know what I mean? (sighs) I didn't get it. Being baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ is far more than a formality or a ritual or a tradition performed at a certain age to be a part of a group. It is the gate that we enter, which then equips us with heavenly power to operate with here in mortality. It has the ability to change our constitution, not only preparing us, So that we can be vessels that house the Holy Spirit. But it also gives us a new tongue. The tongue of angels. After our baptism and after receiving the Holy Ghost, we're changed. We are born again. And this is something that my soul has sensed, but I haven't had the words to articulate it before. But as I have watched four of my five children be baptized, this is the power that I feel. They are changed. And once this change has taken place, we have a membership amongst the angels who shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. If we understood this doctrine more fully... How much more enthusiastically would we sing the hymns during our sacrament meeting? How much more eagerly would we stand up to bear testimony when we have the opportunity? How much more desire would we emanate towards the pulpit to lift the individual who stands and is attempting to speak the words of Christ, honing in on the true Honor that they have in that moment to speak with their new tongue, with the tongue of angels. How much more fervently would we read the words of Christ as contained in the scriptures? Because, as Nephi teaches, the words of Christ will teach you all things what ye should do. Can you feel the power? Now, does this mean that people should be speaking in tongues? I did not find that to be so. I'm not ruling that out. I'm not ruling out that particular spiritual gift. But what speaking with the tongue of angels came to mean to me is that our communication then becomes a gift or an ability given to us by the Holy Ghost. And what does the Holy Ghost speak of? He speaks the words of Christ. That means we can testify of Christ more completely and more plainly. We can speak love more genuinely and more personally. We can forgive more freely. And we can ease the burdens of others with our sweet reminders of their goodness. It means that our words of condolence can bring comfort to the grieving We can, with our new tongue, bring the words of Christ to the remembrance of those who are struggling. It means that we can communicate what we have learned. We can liken the words of Christ to our experiences, and we can lift others unto Christ. Remember, by the word of God, the worlds were created. They were created by His word. That is the power that we are aspiring to. But our current words have power. We are children of the Supreme Creator. And our words currently have so much power. They can make or break us. They are literally creating our experience here on earth. Where we find the negative, we create the negative. Where we find and cultivate beauty, we are creating beauty. Joseph Smith said that it is by words that every being works when he works by faith. When we testify of our faith in Jesus Christ, meaning speaking with the tongue of angels, we are then working our faith in lectures on faith it says faith then works by words and with words its mightiest works have been and will be performed i believe that the power of our words tie in greatly with our covenant to take upon ourselves the name of christ to always remember him to keep His commandments so that we can have the Spirit to be with us. So, my New Year's resolution will be to keep striving with more intentional effort to have the tongue of angels anyone can criticize and find fault. It doesn't take much imagination or effort when you are amongst mortals to find fault or to find error. But it is the holy person who can hold space for people in order to allow people to be their best and to be seen as their best. And this begins with me on how I speak to myself. This includes others and how I speak and I think of others. And this also includes Christ, how I think and speak of him, Nephi perceived after he taught this that his people just they weren't quite understanding his teachings, and here is another time in which the Spirit whispered to me that the covenant keepers of God have more power available to them than they realize. Nephi, when he sensed that his people still didn't quite understand. He didn't expound more. He didn't rack his brain trying to come up with more examples. Or to think how he could give more detail. He didn't over explain the doctrine. Instead, he showed where his confidence lay. His confidence is in God the Father, his son Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. Nephi's confidence is also in his people, and in you and I, that we have made covenants, and we can get our answers. So Nephi simply asked, have you prayed? Do you remember the last time that Nephi asked this question? It was after he had prayed to know the meaning of the vision of the tree of life that his father saw, and how was his prayer answered. It was answered abundantly. He didn't just find out what the tree of life dream meant. He was given so much more. He was given the vision of the Savior and the Savior's ministry and the laying out of time after that. And when it was over, he came upon his elder brethren who were arguing about the meaning of the dream. And Nephi simply asked them if they had asked of God. Nephi has a testimony that prayers are answered and i believed he desired his people to have an experience with god to gain their own testimony of this truth as well and so he asked if they prayed and he knew with a sure confidence that comes with only from someone who has had the experience he knew that if they prayed they would be answered i imagine that nothing would give a prophet more peace of mind when he's about ready to leave his people and depart into the next life. Nothing would give him more peace of mind than knowing that his people knew the power that they possessed in communicating with God about their questions and about their needs. That they were independently dependent upon their God and could then stand That would be golden to a prophet like Nephi. So what truths? What truths do we learn about the power of prayer, especially having entered the gate of Christ's doctrine? What does Nephi want us to know? He wants us to know that we can gain heavenly understanding. If we don't understand, it's because we haven't asked or knocked. Praying brings us into the light, and out of darkness. When we pray, the Holy Ghost will show up unto us all things what we should do. The Spirit teaches us to pray. He wants us to pray. We must pray. When we don't, when we hesitate, or when we put it off, that is not the Spirit prompting us to act that way. The spirit teaches us to pray always and not faint. It is the evil spirit that discourages us from praying or at least lulls us away until we forget to pray. So which spirit are you listening to? Nephi teaches us to not perform anything unto the Lord save in the first place that we pray unto the Father in the name of Christ. Why should we do this? So that he will consecrate our performance, so that our performance is for the benefit of our soul. If we practice this in faith, if we really believed that principle, would we neglect our morning prayers? Would we quickly get on our way without praying first? If we knew this to be true, Why would we even want to take a chance of doing anything about, of going about our day on our own strength and without the consecration of God? Would we truly want to reject His partnership? Imagine what would we create with His assistance if we were diligent in praying first to Him? How different would our lives look? How much more transformation would we make within ourselves when everything we are doing, our performance, was for the benefit of our soul? If we truly understood this power, this gift, I believe that we would stop wasting our time and we would eagerly come unto Him in prayer. In chapter 33, we obtain our last bits of Nephi's humanity. This is a man who loves his people. He prays continually for his people. By day and at night, his eyes water his pillow because of them. He truly glorifies in plainness and he glories in truth. He glories in, and I love this. <laughs> I personally, I personally love how he says this. Sorry. I glory in my Jesus. My Jesus. Nephi teaches that Jesus hath redeemed his soul from hell. But when he says, my Jesus, can't you just feel that personal relationship that Nephi has nurtured with the Son of God, with his Redeemer, with the Holy One of Israel? Nephi can say that he has charity for the Jew and he has charity for the Gentile. He has obtained the gift that Moroni later on in the Book of Mormon will tell us that we must seek after. Curiously, Nephi writes that he's not mighty in writing. Do you agree? <laughs> he says that he is better at speaking because when a man speaks by the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost carries it unto the hearts of the children of men. And what if we were to take Nephi's word? Okay, maybe he, on his own, isn't very strong at writing. And perhaps the books of First and Second Nephi is evidence of what the Lord can do with our weakness when we turn to Him and allow Him to consecrate our efforts. Maybe this is the greatest piece of evidence that we have to see what the Lord can do with our weakness. And I testify that the writings that we have in our hand in the Book of Mormon are not weak. They have changed my heart. And they have opened up my capacity to seek and accept Jesus Christ. And the writings of Nephi, I believe, are Our evidence of what the Lord can do with us when we faithfully commit to go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. Nephi is the evidence of the Lord preparing a way for us to accomplish the thing which the Lord commands us. And again, taking Nephi's word that he is not mighty in writing. Look how the Lord did accomplish his work through Nephi's weakness, because Nephi followed him in faith. Nephi may believe that he is not mighty in writing, but he knows that what he has written is of great worth. He knows that he has written the words of Christ. Therefore, he confidently invites us to hearken and to believe in Christ. Finally, Nephi leaves us with his prayer. He prays the Father in the name of Christ that many of us, if not all, may be saved in his kingdom at that great and last day. And I appreciate the hope that this brings. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of scarcity, but it is one of abundance. There is room for all and Nephi hopes to see many of us, if not all of us. He will be there at the judgment bar of Christ and he will have an opportunity to stand face to face with us. And I plan to make it an enjoyable experience because I accept the truthfulness of the words he has plainly written testifying of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ lives and that the way back to him is to enter into the narrow gate and to walk in the straight path that Nephi has preserved for us and has taught us. Nephi has sealed his words here on earth at the request of Jesus Christ and that they will be the words that we will be judged by. I love Nephi. I hope you do too. I hope that you have enjoyed our time together, learning about his teachings and learning how to apply them. It has been an honor each week to sit at this microphone, and to teach what I've been taught by the Spirit. And it's been an honor that you listen each week, that you have overlooked my weaknesses, (laughs) and have found something of worth in this podcast as we learn, as we liken, and then as we lift one another, one principle at a time. Sister Scriptorians, as you prepare to make your New Year's resolutions, I hope that you will consider learning a new tongue, the tongue of angels. Consider what this language will consist of and what part of your current communication you will need to leave behind. Approach next Sabbath day with the desire to be cleansed and then to be filled with the Holy Ghost so that He can help you sing praises to the Holy One of Israel and speak the words of Christ. Make it a great day.